The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K.M.R. and D. Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems. My name is Kay Marr, and I am here with my co-host, Dee Lee, and our guest host, Lynn Shirell. Today, we are continuing to explore our focus on Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. And these everyday jewels are things that are ordinary, that we think are ordinary in our daily lives, that are really pretty magnificent when we stop and pay attention to them. Last week, we took a close look at the Jewel of Connections and how to build the connections, the ones with ourselves, with the nature around us, the world around us, and with others. Today we're going to be looking at the gem of light. The word comes from Latin, meaning to shine. No matter where you are located, each day dawns with light. You might not be able to see it, especially if you're in Seattle with cloud cover, but it is there. The sun comes up every morning, and there's nothing that we have to do to make this happen. It just is. We're so used to the sun shining on the earth that we take it for granted. Aaron Rose said, at the right light, at the right time, everything is extraordinary. And that's kind of our focus here is finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. And light is very extraordinary when we stop and look at it. We take it for granted. We think that it's going to always be there because it shows up every morning and we don't have to do anything to make it happen. But when something is gone, that's when you start paying attention to it and realize it had a lot of value. So instead of waiting for the sun to disappear, let's today we want to look at light and see what the value there is in the light that we have. Diane Frolov and Andrew Schneider said, <clears throat> Ever since we crawled out of the primordial slime, that's been our unifying cry. More light. Sunlight, torchlight, candlelight, neon, incandescent lights that banish the darkness from our caves to illuminate our roads and the inside of our refrigerators. Big floods for the night games at the ball fields. Little tiny flashlights for those books we read under the covers when we're supposed to be asleep. Light is more than watts and foot candles. Light is metaphor. Light is knowledge. Light is life. Light is life. Is light. Focusing light can create a laser for healing, a spotlight on stage, or soft light for a reading nook. 
when you put light through a prism, it creates an explosion of rainbow color, we wouldn't make it long in a world without light. One of the things that we're doing in this show is talking about the different glasses that we put on, the way we perceive the world. And one set of glasses that we all wear has to do with the things that we assume to be true. So we take these things that we assume to be true, whether or not they actually are, we generally don't even look at that, but we look at everything through these glasses of what we assume to be true. Alan Alda said, begin challenging your assumptions. Your assumptions are the windows in the world. Scrub them off once in a while or light won't come in. So basically what he's saying there is that periodically you have to stop and look at what you think is true and see if it really is true or if you need to change your assumptions. When you stop, pause, pay attention, focus on a moment of appreciation Blend this into your other habits, things that you do each day as part of your ritual to get through the day. Well, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the sun shines and warms and lights us and we have no curiosity to know why this is so, but we ask the reason of all evil, of pain and hunger and mosquitoes and silly people. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many different ways to look at light. really depends on the focus that we give it. If it's a noun or a verb or an adjective or a way of being, how we relate and see each of these is based on our own individual lens of perception, as you were saying. So uh, the Peace Pilgrim said, for light, I go directly to the source of light, not to any of the reflections. So it's helpful to really look at the source of light and what's being referred to to help with understanding your own relationship with it. So, um, you know, to start as a noun, you might think about sun or fire or other things that give out light in varying degrees of brightness. You know, when I lived in the South, we would say, or the first time I heard it, not well, eventually it became we, but people would say, hey, I'm fixing to turn on, to cut off the lights now. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and have you no noticed idea. there's no dark switch? Yeah, there's no dark switch. Yeah. There's nothing to turn on the dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It starts with the dark. That's the assumption. Right. Well, you know, and in life, sometimes doesn't it feel like you're kind of fumbling your way through a dark room and it's like you're looking for the light switch. And eventually when you just get so mad because you can't find it, you just kind of collapse on the floor and you feel around and there's the light switch on the floor. You know, yeah. the last place you would look, right? <laughs> so, you know, as a verb, light means to start something to burn or make it easier to see something um, you know, you let my fire. That's a good one. You know, the inner feeling of light, you know, it's it, as an adjective, it, it can be how heavy something is or how pale or how bright or how not serious it is or not severe or not strong. I mean, really, the you know, the light of the moon is bright or, you know, how strong is your fire for life? You know, that it's when uh, as a way of being when someone is awakened there's a basic conscious awareness of a higher power and so an example of the word as a way of being is be the light so others can follow your example so be one with the light be one with the light so with all these different ways of relating differently to light it can get really confusing and and a little bit complicated really i mean this is one of those things where it's deceptively simple. Joseph Pilzer said, put it before them briefly so they will read it, clearly so they will appreciate it, picturesquely so they will remember it, 
accurately so they will be guided by its light. So, you know, it's really just amazing, you know, and um, at various points in the year, it's always helpful to, you know, consider what's happening as you're transitioning into different phases of light, either with seasons or maybe with your birthday or with the new year. And sometimes our schedule gets so full of things that we do and we're so wanting to... Um, please people in some way that it's helpful to remember to remain balanced and to make time every day to connect and center yourself and be one with the light. (laughs) (laughs) It is so bright. We've actually had sunshine here in Seattle for two days. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) So life cannot really exist without light. It is thought about 2 billion BC, a plant was born that could actually manufacture its own food using photosynthesis. As a source of energy, light has been a focused curiosity since the time of our early ancestors, from the beginning around 500,000 BC. And uh, several uh, approaches, you know, when people have curiosity, there's a lot of different uh, flow that goes beyond that. They experiment with discoveries being made, and then they test them, and they go through all their hypotheses. And sometimes someone is building their curiosity upon someone else's curiosity and things are discovered. So fire and the torch likely came from observation of the natural event of a bolt of lightning starting a fire in a tree. Peking men, uh, man kindled fire in caves in the early 400,000 BC and used it as a portable lamp. Um, because they were doing a lot of their uh, art in the caves, so they needed some way to be able to see what they were doing. The discovery of fire as a source of light has um, had a really profound effect on early man um, and has been the source of uh, a lot of their everyday existence um, where they've used it in different ways. Uh, as something was tested and shown to be useful, it became as a, a known phenomena or was considered natural. Interestingly, somewhere around 500 BC, there are uh, records of the use of fireflies being used as a source of light. That was, that's a creative way to do it, um, where they actually, the fireflies um, provided illumination as a, a process. Early man tested. Um, all kinds of lamp fuels and um, in other periods there were a lot of development between philosophers looking at mathematicians making things uh, studying different um, areas and coming up with different inventions you know I want to interject here about the use of fireflies as a source of light I don't know how many of our listeners out there have done this. When I was a kid, we would catch fireflies and put them in jars and put the lid on the jar and poke holes on the jars. And we would only keep them captured for a short amount of time. But even if you have a lot of fireflies in there, it doesn't make that much light. So I think that's, you know, having that the fireflies used as a source of light, it really wasn't a very bright light. But it was creative using, you know, what they had around them. Um, In some societies, having something for light was a luxury. And um, early societies worshipped the sun and anything that was celebrated, you know, it was very much at all kinds of levels. In um, England, between 2000 and 1500 BC, Stonehenge was built 
and the sundial was also a way um, was created as a way to measure time. And this actually was a was actually used from when it was developed into the 18th century. So it was a very important discovery. There's been a lot of different uh, other you know people coming through with um, trying out different ideas. Uh, Plato and Aristotle uh, did all kinds of studies, and um, they uh, were the source of future people looking at. Um, their work and then taking that work and developing um, other related inventions, one having to do with optics and, um, you know, looking at how, you know, the uh, light actually goes through, how we actually see light with our eyes, understanding how it reflects through our, ob- through or from an object through our internal visual system. It's been very interesting um, the first lighthouse that was built in 200 BC um, had actually lasted until the 14th century, and the basic design that had been created is really a, uh, being treated as a early or as an archetype for uh, modern lighthouse. Did you see uh, that they just discovered that? They just found the original lighthouse. They did an aerial view using sonography, wow. and they oh, found cool. the original Alexandria, Egypt lighthouse, and it was like underneath the ground, wow. and it was so cool because you could see it, and now it's like near a parking lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's still really cool, though, that they've actually found it. Yeah, and then there's something also called sun gazing. Have you guys heard of that? Mm-mm. Sun gazing, sun gazers will actually look at the sun directly um, in the morning and then at night. And usually you just start for like a second or two seconds or, you know, you build up to like 15 minutes or 30 minutes a day. And um, supposedly you can get all the nutrients you need just from the sun. Like you don't have to eat anymore, supposedly. Mm. That's a theory. So that they're thinking that our bodies are capable of photosynthesis, just like the, le- the trees and the plants? Mm-hmm. Sun gazing. Wow. Yep. Yep. More and really, I mean, you know, there's still sun worshippers, you know. <laughs> They're yeah. located primarily in the Los Angeles area. Just kidding, people. Just kidding. <laughs> well, actually, come to think of that, I think you can find them on just about every beach when it's warm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me, I'm included. <laughs> <laughs> so st- there's been a lot of studies and, you know, science is um, expanding on reflection, refraction, wavelength, speed of movement electromagnetic radiation particles, electrons, on and on, and ways of, of measuring all of these. And they've been not just discoveries, but new sources for uh, people to have work. And uh, su- it supplies a lot for new industries and businesses. So it's pretty fascinating. You know, Plus, it becomes of part that- of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> You know, scientists now are talking about light as a wave or light as a particle. Pythagoras said light was a particle, and Aristotle said light was a wave. So even these ancient philosophers were saying what scientists are now rediscovering and figuring out how it all works. Um, But who said peanut butter and who said chocolate? <laughs> and then when somebody Tough put one. them together, you know, you have a, a new discovery. Right. There are over 200 references to the word light 
in the Bible. Most of them are in the part of the Bible that's called the Old Testament. And according to the book of Genesis, when God was creating the world, the first thing God created was light. Let there be light. And there was light. Um, light is just a really huge part of our lives. Starting with 400 A.D., um, that's when they think the candles were really first invented as opposed to just holding up a bunch of wood to use as a torch. Um, the earliest candles were usually made out of beeswax, which you can still get candles made out of beeswax. It still makes perfectly good candles. Um, and does that mean mind your own beeswax? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a purity statement. Um, okay. Candles were used to mark time. We have the foot candle, which, you know, there was a certain amount of time that went, that passed for each mark that burned down on the candle. Um, they were used in church rituals, used to tell time, you know, used to light things inside when it was dark to read. Um, if you read some of the stories about Abraham Lincoln, there's, in fact, I think there's a, an image of it where he's sitting in this little dark cabin reading by the light of a candle. Alhazen, he was an Arabian scientist, and he wrote about his discoveries of opt optical theories, optical being the, how our eyes work, and what he wrote basically was the start of the science of optics. And his experiments helped lead to what's referred to now as the camera obscura. In this, he proved that light travels in a straight line. And the development of the modern-day camera is based on this. In 1300 AD, Roger Bacon is credited with this developing the magnifying glass and creating eyeglasses, glasses for people to wear to improve their eyesight. Leonardo da Vinci was a master of light. He studied it in great detail and learned to understand refraction, reflection, how mirrors work. He used it in his sketches and paintings. And a just a modern... Hmm? I'm just saying, I have a crush on Leo da Vinci. I'm just What's saying, that? I've been, I've been to all of his houses. Oh, cool. Like, I love Leonardo da Vinci. I've actually stood inside his inventions. Like, you know, he has, he made the, the first tank and he made like all these crazy things. I've stood inside his like mirror thing that was all optical illusions. Yep. Wow. Yep. Been in all of his houses. But I've been in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And where in is this? Garden? In Italy. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yep. In France and in Italy. I was uh, in his homes. I was in his church. I was next to, uh, I stood near his grave. It's like, me and Leo, we go way back, way back. Wow. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And, you know, in modern times, we have the Impressionists who basically painted trying to capture the effect of light on things around them. Currently, we have Thomas Kincaid, who's pretty much called the painter of light, it doesn't matter when in history you look, we're still fascinated with light and things like the mirrors and the cameras and how our eyes work and all, all this sort of thing. We have to go to a commercial break now. 
Don't go away. When we come back, we're, there's lots more about light that we want to talk about. Stay with us. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadiq to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Mighty Gems, our focus on light we have a light that we are looking at here and from the 15th century there was a lot of interest in the basic theories um, when they started looking up upwards into the, the skies and the heavens um, they actually started looking at the importance of uh, or someone um, along with Galileo um, had looked at or developed a crude telescope and that helped them to see a lot of uh, the upward view. It is said that Shakespeare had attendants constantly crossing the stage because they were focused on trimming the candle wicks so the light was correct uh, for the production that was going on. So can you just imagine being either an actor or or a um, someone in the audience watching these people running back and forth trying to keep up with the, the wicks. That would be rather distracting. Um, Renaissance Italy was the birthplace for lighting basics for the stage production. And in a lot of the historical uh, development of light, um, it goes back to how much light was um, an inspiration for the church and theater and their stories that they would tell and want to display. Um, so it all the way through history as um, a lot of the developments happened, a lot of it was related to stage and theater and wanting to have um, the illumination just correct. 
So it, it's um, there was another scientist that um, actually Rene Descartes was a French philosopher and scientist who studied optics. And he wrote an explanation of how the rainbow is formed and observed when both primary and secondary colors were present. Upon um, looking at that further, um, the Kircher was a professor in Rome and was given credit for the discovery of how uh, to show moving images with a projection. You know, and I wonder what he would think now about the modern day movies with all the special effects that are done. Yeah, things that are built with the computers. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you think about the development of things developed for someone to go to um, into a into space, and all of the follow up and what happens with those discoveries. They can apply to a lot of different as solutions for a lot of different areas, not just for what they were set up for. So, um, as uh, Rembrandt studied the nuances of light and dark. Um, he used these in a lot of his, fi- you know, he in his art he was showing figures as actually being a source of light and not just radiating radiating it. So it's um, it's one of those where uh, Sir Isaac Newton, another uh, focus was um, on the sensation of vision. Um, how did it actually end up from going from eyes into your brain so you could see the object? He's known for his um, prism experiment when he uh, had light where, where sun, sunlight was used and it was uh, showing up with uh, different colors of color. Or it actually was uh, showing up as containing all colors of the color spectrum. So white light is actually all the colors. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And Newton identified seven distinct colors. He was trying to discover a link between the light and the color and the light and sound. And in this, um, modern scientists have recognized three primary colors of red, green, and blue. White light is actually a mixture of all these primary colors. They've also identified secondary colors that are made up of two primary colors. So this is another um, area where this is used in art, in um, all of the different ways of using color and looking at color. Have you heard about people who have synesthesia, where they can, where they hear colors and they taste sounds? Hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that. And in fact, one of the things I get sometimes are migraines. And one of my early signs that a migraine is coming on is if I wake up in the morning and the sun is too loud. Mm. And no, I don't generally hear light you know i see it like everybody else does but it's in that one instance it's like the light turns into a sound that is too loud so yeah it's that's really fascinating though when you start reading about people who see sound or hear light on a regular basis Benjamin Benjamin Franklin in the 18th century was fascinated with electricity, and there are images of him with a kite, you know, watch during an electrical storm, and you think, oh my gosh, that sounds pretty dangerous. But he was um, experimenting, and ultimately he invented, invented a lightning rod and, you know, bifocals for uh, uh, eyeglasses came out of that too, which I'm very thankful for. 
um, there were discoveries that um, Sir John Herschel experimented with that um, are, you know, the preliminary photography. And um, Sir Humphrey Davy was, is given credit for inventing the electric arch, which is now really a, a powerful, clean source of light. So it, it's very much, um, there's a, an explosion of experiments and inventions. And, and um, when the gas lighting was available, they actually put 40,000 lamps in London's 215 miles um, had been converted to gas. And so that was a big step forward in that, you, that time. Have you ever heard of the gas lamp effect? No, what's that? <laughs> Um, where the, this woman was, um, it was back in the time of gas lamp lighting or whatever, and she literally thought she was going crazy. And her husband wanted her to think that because he, I, I can't remember why, but he wanted her to think that she was crazy. I don't know. He wanted to divorce her, or stick him in a stick her in a sanitarium or something. But what he was doing is when she wasn't looking, he was turning down the lights or turning them up. So he was changing the lighting and she just thought she was going nuts. Oh, so, wow. yeah, the gas lamp effect is when someone's like creating illusion. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually a whole book on it. It's pretty fascinating. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And then, you know what else? If you Google the first photograph, you can see the very first photograph taken, I think it was in France in like 1826 or something like that. And it now it kind of just looks like, you know, this pale kind of image, but it's the very first surviving photograph ever taken. Wow. And mm -hmm. um, they, when the uh, friction match was invented in 1827, that actually gave freedom for uh, being able to produce fire anywhere on demand. Is that the so kind was, of match we use? That's the, I think so. We, yeah. Okay, where we yeah. strike yeah. it? Still. It's called a yeah. And match. it's, it's huh. if you think back what people had to use before then, you know, it was the whole flint thing and, you know, trying to coax a spark and there's the whole imagery of people rubbing sticks together. And, I, you know, did that really work? It does. It does. <laughs> I see it on Naked, Naked and Afraid. Have yeah, seems yeah, like that, that would take time. an awful yeah. long time, though. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. It depends on the quality of the sticks. <laughs> so and, people and how fast you rub them. Right, and how naked you are. I think that has to be a factor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's interesting is um, the list of people go on and on as to people that tried this or tried that. Some of them got credit for what they did. Others just are there as... You know, someone that was trying something out. Thomas Edison patented more than a thousand inventions and is given credit for inventing the phonograph, motion picture, camera, and projector. Wasn't he like the arch enemy of Nikola Tesla? Yes. 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 They yeah, had there was, quite a few going. Mm -hmm. Alexander, Alexander Graham Bell is credited with development of the photophone, which was using a mirror to transmit a, a speaker's voice over wow. a beam of reflected sunlight. So That's pretty he, incredible when he, you think about Yeah, that. and then he started turning his um, efforts on the telephone using electricity when it became more available because, you know, people started experimenting. Once they had a curiosity about something, they probably searched on who had done what, and then they started their experiments, and some of them probably were... Um, dangerous you know with electricity and they weren't really sure what what was going to happen when they set up their hypothesis but um 
you know, there's a lot of different things with George Westinghouse having had over 400 patents. And he eventually developed the practical method of distributing AC power. And there were a lot of contradictions, too, about ACDC and what was going on. Thomas Isn't Edison. Is ACDC a group? Yes. Is that, okay. So they're yes. named after an electrical current? Is that what yeah. it is? Oh, probably. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'd never put that together before. And Thomas Edison said genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration, which exactly. I think is interesting. <laughs> yeah. From him. Yeah. Well, from him. <laughs> and one of the things I really like with Thomas Edison is when he was working on the light bulb, you know, I don't know if it's a hypocryphal story or if it's true, but somebody said, you know, basically the, to the effect of, man, how could you keep going? You've failed so many times. And he said, I didn't fail. I just found all these ways not to make a light bulb. It's a perception. I love that theory. <laughs> and, you know, and that is such a, such a better way of looking at life than, oh, this didn't work. I'm a failure. I failed. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, that one didn't work. Let's go on, try this way and see if this one works. And it's a whole different way of looking at life. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, there's something too about um, men and women and how men and women see life differently. So in general, because, you know, if you if somebody's like swinging at the baseball bat or, you know, if they're if you're up to bat, if a guy doesn't hit, he'll be like, why didn't you pitch it right? And if one, you know, if a woman's up to bat, she's like, oh, I didn't do very good. You know, it's like we so take responsive, like our perspective is totally different. Yeah. And then when you add, you know, a touch of genius to it like that, in, and, and I think it was in 1905, um, Edison published his, his theory of relativity, and um, he had confirmation that he was not, he was not proven wrong when he said that in space, light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So, and from that, just an entire lighting industry happened. And in 1947 was the Polaroid instant camera. Remember the Polaroids? Oh, the yeah. 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 Yep, and in 1963, one-step color film became available, which was just revolutionary. And then in 1955, it was the invention of fiber optics. That's just changed everything. And here in Austin, Google Fiber just came in. I mean, they're just like sweeping, you know, everything. They're doing all kinds of ads and stuff. It's wild. Um, In 1960, I think, the laser was perfected in Malibu, California. The basics of laser originated with Gordon Gold. He tried to interest the Defense Department, but he wasn't successful. Physicists um, Charles Towns and Arthur Shaulow finally applied for and got a patent for a laser, and they were the ones published in Scientific Journal. So, you know, this is all about light as a noun, and there are a lot of other ways to view light, of course. Um, the light bulb became common in 1960, and um, so did jokes. So, uh, you know, like, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Only one, but the bulb has really got to want to change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how so. Many, how many archaeologists does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. Three. One to change it and two to argue about how old the old one is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best one, I think, is, you know, for accountants, because, you know, for most people, accounting is like a mystery. But how many accountants does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, they come back and say, what kind of answer did you have in mind? There you go. Yeah, you, of course, know it. You, the two of you, <laughs> speak that language. So we know I it. don't even need to go there. <laughs> I like the uh, how many mystery writers does it take to screw in a light bulb? 
that's a good one because I know that one. <laughs> okay. I'm a writer. Two, one to screw it almost all the way in and the other to give it a surprising twist at the end. Yes. <laughs> How many consultants does it take to change a light bulb? Go for it. <laughs> I'll have an estimate for you a week from Monday, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I should maybe think you know, that I might have to be offended at that one because I do consulting, but I'm always on time. I like, you know, boom. You are definitely not the norm. <laughs> yeah, I am a little different. A little spe- we'll call it special. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, light has been used for art show displays, for special effects. Um, there's just, there's all kinds of new and growing industry and supplies for entertainment and new companies are being developed and and really modern medicine in the 90s brought news of the actual damage that happens when when we have too much sun you know uh, it, there's a basic respect now for the sun as information is showing the direct relationship between our skin and how much sun is okay and with a focus on different types of skin cancer you know, it's, you got to be aware of people. I'm just saying, like, I didn't realize it, but a couple of years ago, I had this freckle that was kind of doing funny things. I thought, oh, what's that doing? And it, it would, you know, get bigger and smaller and, you know, change and, you know, get darker and whatever. And I thought, oh, what is that? And I showed a couple of people, they're like, oh, it's probably nothing, no big deal. And I thought something, you know, kept telling me, go get it checked out. It was melanoma. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. So, you know, the good news is that you can, if you catch it in time, you can um, surgically have that removed. The issue is that your body grew cancer and you've got to know that because that means you've got to change your lifestyle. You've got to go alkaline. You've got to get more greens in your system because something's not happy in there. Well, you so, know, another way that modern medicine uses light is with laser surgeries. And several years back, I had lens implants replacing cataracts and which has actually been a miracle in and of itself but then one of the implants started getting a little hazy and I went in the ophthalmologist sits me in this chair says hold still and shoots this laser beam at my eye and it cleans off the haze off the lens implant I mean crazy it is absolutely miraculous what modern medicine can do with lasers you know, after I had, um, I had another surgery in 2007 and I used a cold light laser. They don't get warm. They're more diffused, but a cold light laser will actually, um, help promote blood circulation and healing. So isn't that crazy? Uh, you know, t- yeah. one kind of laser can cut and the other one can actually heal. Like, oh my God. Amazing. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely fascinating. You know, and when you think we started with trying to find ways to light our caves you know or <laughs> to be able to see after dark and now we're getting to the point where we have the fiber optics and you know the instant communication or virtually instant communication that we get with fiber optic technology and you know that the sun can if we get too much sun it can hurt the benefits of what lasers can do in terms of healing the body if you look at the span of history through all that, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Well, and now we're back in the caves, naked and afraid. It's entertainment. But <laughs> <laughs> And with the, on that definite light note, we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly and explore more fascinating phenomena about light. 
Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Thank you for coming back to our show uh, with our spotlight, our Mighty Jim focus on light. Um, basic phenomena that exist using light is kind of a, as a source. Um, you know, the sun is definitely one that is a source. But there's also um, the moon and moonlight. It's actually a reflection of sunlight and some little details about um, the light that is reflected. It takes about eight minutes for the sun to reach the moon. And then another 1.3 seconds for the light to be reflected back to the Earth, which is interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking not very long at all. This seems like a lot of distance when you look at it way up there in the sky. Lightning is another source of um, light as it's based upon the accumulation of clouds and of large electrical charges that are then released in a spark type of discharge. Um, some interesting facts, approximately 100 strikes per second is, are hitting the earth somewhere. And um, as this movement, movement happens, it create, creates sound waves that can be heard uh, as what we call thunder up to 18 miles from the actual event. So you can do a quick uh, check on distance by dividing the time delay in seconds between the lightning and the thunder by five. You know, oh, we just did Mississippi. One Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippi, and each Mississippi <laughs> yeah. a mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on a flight one time from Seattle to the East Coast, and we were, the pilot said we were going to be going out of our flight path for a while to get around some storms. And so we were going to the 
I guess it would be to the right of these huge, huge banks of thunderclouds. And within the cloud itself, it was kind of dark. And when I was looking out the window, for, I happened to be on the correct side of the plane for once. You could see the lightning within these clouds. It never even reached the earth. But it would just go from spark to spark within the different clouds. And, of course, we're in a plane. We never heard the sound. So we just got the light show. And you're it thinking was- you're on the right side of the plane because you're next to the electrical charge. Really? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it was awesome looking. Okay. I'm All right. I'll go with and it. you had the event happening at the same time then. So Northern Lights, I don't know if you've ever seen what's called Aurora Borealis, but they're bands of green, white, pink, or red streamers that are basically uh, 60 to 120 miles above the Earth. And they're um, rather dramatic, too. um, They look like big drapes of color. Those happen in, they're called Northern Lights, but there are also some from... Um, Australian area that are called southern lights so I've never seen the southern part but I presume they're very similar uh, drapery colorful drapery in the skies I just and, saw a video that an astronaut took he took six months of video of r- around the earth and compressed it into six minutes oh my word oh, where did we find that uh, well on my Facebook page <laughs> <laughs> and I'm people can pre- get there by I know right <laughs> Just send me a message, friend me. But no, I think you could probably just Google, um, you know, six six months into six minutes by astronaut or something, and it would probably come up. Okay, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Oscar Wilde said, no great artist ever sees things as they are. If he did, he would cease to be an artist. And, you know, man-made light sources are what they are. They, they serve their purpose. But um, you look at nature and nat- natural phenomena is quite fascinating to explore well you know something else that oscar wilde said he said um the only uh way the most reasonable way to cure temptation is to yield to it love that Mm, okay (laughs) oscar wilde was actually a pretty fascinating person he really was he has a lot of quotes (laughs) well he was a very very good writer i think he was pretty fun yeah (laughs) i'd like to have dinner with him (laughs) (laughs) so Back to light. We've talked about light throughout history, the discoveries that we've people have made using light and the different things that we can do with light and light in nature. So if we look at light as a state of being or a sense of being, we're kind of moving into a different realm. It's more of a metaphor rather than something out there, something concrete. It can be something when you grow an awareness of yourself, your outside relationships, observations of nature. There's more light than our brains can grasp when we see something. Our brains filter out so that we only see, in most cases, what we expect to see. Um, Children actually see more than adults do. Because as adults, we've conditioned our brains to only see certain things. And I have a service dog, and when we go into the mall, adults just totally look past. They never even notice that he's there. But the children always see him. Adults are not expecting to see a dog in the mall. 
but children are still open to, ooh, what can I see? What is that? They haven't trained their brains to shut down and only see what they're expecting to see yet. And, you know, so maybe part of this was you're growing and developing. We talked earlier about imagining yourself as a child again with all the curiosity. And doing this as a way to open up your vision. What are you conditioning yourself not to see? And how can you start seeing that again? Light can mean a quality that helps us to see, helps us to understand. You know, we talk about in teaching when somebody understands something, it's like you can see the light bulb go on over their head. There's a light of wisdom, light of joy. A light heart is wise and not held down by heavy emotions or focus on doom and gloom. We talk about somebody being light in their nature. They tend to laugh easier. They can take things in life as they come rather than letting things get them down. Blessings of light. We talk about that as a gift. Um, Some people use that as a prayer. And it's sent for the highest good. There's no demands attached. This kind of meditating on something like that, it can help with inner peace. We can usually see things more objectively without getting ourselves stuck in all the details. And... It, it makes it easier to find solutions to the challenges we may find ourselves in. A lot of words that are associated with light, we talk about light, love, peace, joy, devotion, compassion, blessings, forgiveness. Light can be quantified. In other words, you can attach numbers to it, to it the way science does and all these different um, discoveries that have been made throughout the years of what we can do with light. Light can be qualified. We talk about the different qualities of light. Take a deep breath and connect to your inner self. Let the issues go out when you breathe out. Do this a few times. That can help calm you down. Back to light is science. It's a renewable resource. Um, We can use it for energy. Instead of focusing on atomic power, we can use sun power. In 2008, Dee Lee wrote a poem with about light and as a sense of being. And I'd like to ask her to read this now, please. In the precious moments before the awakening dawn, beautiful expression spreads in melodic song. The birds announce the rising of light, the sun rays dance and gently tease shadows of the night, and throw a golden kiss over the mountaintops. In each part of this delicate and flowing scene, the clouds, the trees, and flowers in the meadows, the entirety of nature joyfully plays in a rainbow pot of gold. With anticipation, there is a complete sense of being, experiencing nature, and truly part of the divine. Each morning, as I watch this unfolding daily expression, I am continually in awe how simple love really is displayed. I am reminded how nature approaches each and every day. With excitement, loving expression, open humor, and play, I actively observe and become one of this natural drama, 
I am now fully enlightened with the purpose of my being. Friendship, a sense of genuine affection and respect. Tranquility, a sense of inner calmness and peace. Courage, a sense of bravery and spirit. Gratitude, a sense of unconditional appreciation. Joy, a sense of basic happiness and pure open heart. Prosperity, a sense of abundance and desire that is unlimited. Passion, a sense of being truly alive. With, with each cherished moment, I embrace all of these, flowing outwardly from deep within my heart. A full sense of purpose and being aware of who I am is illuminated and refreshed by a focused stillness to simply be. Knowing deep inside the precious connection and expression of myself dancing with nature and the divine spirit of my soul. This is truly how I now begin and end each day. Nice. Being one with the light. <laughs> That's yep. what I heard. And beginning your day with the light, ending it with the light. You know, in agricultural societies... People would be up with the sun or sometimes before the sun when the light first starts, even before you can see the sun coming over the horizon. It is so much a part of of who we are as people. And you know, now they talk about the people who work swing shift and work nights and you know how it can affect their health because they're not living their lives based on the cycle of the light and the dark, the sun and the night and the moon anymore. Um, it's just so profound and it affects every aspect of our beings, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Well, when you follow the sun and the moon for, um, when you follow the light, you're actually in the rhythm of your natural biorhythms. Like you're one with nature. So, you know, light tells us when to wake up, light does, tells us when to sleep. And there's um, actually studies show there's something like in our gut, I think, in our tummies that are actually connected with light, amazingly enough. Hmm. So, yeah. I got up very early this morning before the light. <laughs> well, you do that every day. <laughs> that was in my gut. Get up now. <laughs> You're not a morning lark. You're an owl that gets up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Well, I call it early morning. Uh, yeah, well, I guess it depends on your definition of early morning. All perception. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this has been just a fascinating conversation about different aspects of light and going through history and understanding it and, you know, seeing how it's played through time and just really pulling out the magnificent and the mundane. It's fantastic. Well, and, you know, it brings up some of the other conversations we've had. You know, the biggest one was curiosity, you know, and how big a gem that is in, in a lot of the the historical developments that we've seen in, in the uses of light and um, different, you know, not just understanding the light, but all of the follow, roll along effect that it has had through history. And people's interpretation and understanding. and It's, it's fascinating. 
It really is. Well, thank you, you know, for putting it together. And thanks, everyone, for joining us for this fantastic Mighty Gem episode where we focused on the sparkling jewel of light. And we look forward to getting together again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a nice weekend. Any closing thoughts from either of you? KD? Turn on the light. <laughs> Be one with the light. Be one. <laughs> Be one with the light. Very appropriate. You know, one of the things I used to have a roommate that was a photographer, and from her I learned a lot of different ways of looking at the light. So experiment this week. Pretend you're a photographer or a painter and how do you how would you look at the light if that were your something that you were doing? Or look closely at someone's face that is sitting with a, a light on them and, and see what you see or don't see. Well, everyone, may the force be with you. Have a fabulous week, and we'll see you next Friday. Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Bye.